sometimes I, I wonder whether we're not mixing up observation or inferences or generalizations with actual science and research that's been put through the scientific process. And that is the problem. In golf, we often confuse what research is with inference. That's why so many myths and different ways that are thought to be 100% proven correct simply aren't. Welcome to the Golf Science Lab, a place for you to learn what's truly going on in the world of golf science so you can better learn how to play this great game. If you want to learn more and get all the resources, papers, updates, etc., head over to golfsciencelab.com backslash insider and get on the insider email list where you'll get access to the exclusive content uh, before it launches on the site. You're definitely not going to want to miss out on that. So here's the deal with this show. It wasn't planned. In fact, I was planning on bringing this guest to talk about motor learning, which she will be back on to talk about motor learning. In fact, over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking just about motor learning, some amazing info and insights on the research so that you can learn how to better practice and learn how to play golf. But today, I want to introduce to you Trillium Rose. I'm Trillium Rose, and I'm the head director of instruction at Woodmont Country Club in Maryland. Trillium has a really interesting background. First off, she's on the ground daily, teaching over a thousand hours of golf lessons a year. But she also has gone above and beyond in her education to make sure she can deliver the best results possible for her students. I have a master's degree in motor learning and control, which I use on an hourly basis. I think it's really helped shape my perspective and how I how I approach people's learning, how they might change their habits, how they want to improve their habits or learn new ones. So because of her time spent in the academic world, she's learned how to read and decipher research, scientific, peer-reviewed research, something that we might not completely understand in the golf world is we have a lot of this going on. Golf pros, we've got this like unregulated, so anyone can make any claim about anything and who's to say that they're right or wrong. It's like, okay, so we're, we're so, we're so surrounded by best practices models. And, you know, I like that person and I, I think they're successful as a teacher. Therefore, I'm going to just assume that everything they say is right. And, you know, for the most part, there's some really good stuff out there. But I think when we start to tread into this science discussion, we have to like, all right, now it's time to do a little bit of homework and figure out what do you, what are you actually saying? And, and let's do some homework to understand what the scientific process is first. It's time to look at the science, do the homework and dive into the research, real research based on the scientific process. And, you know, when we talk about research, we're not talking about simple observations. And so when, when I think of research, I think from the scientific perspective that you might have a hypothesis and you prepare a, a very rigorous, organized approach to testing that hypothesis. And it's not simply collecting a, a pool of 100 or 1,000 applicators, participants, but it's rather applying statistical analysis to that. So I, I get, just get a little, I get a little uneasy when 
we use the word research, that it's not actually from the more scientific perspective of, okay, this is peer reviewed. This is from a journal. This is something that, that has been part of the conversation, the scientific conversation. So there are two opposite types of reasoning, and both have a place in the scientific process. One is an observation or a conclusion that you make from seeing a hundred or a thousand students, golfers, and deriving a method or system from that. That's inductive reasoning, broad generalizations based on specific examples. Inductive reasoning has its place for sure, but it's not the entire picture. Deductive reasoning is the opposite approach, is having a hypothesis and then testing it in a controlled experiment. Technically, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, research is properly researched and peer reviewed. I think one study is, is one study within a, a peer reviewed journal is like one little stone. And you can't make a huge conclusion, like you can't build a house with one stone. You've got, you've got to acquire lots of them, lots of lots of different pieces of, 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 of like an issue. And so science moves very slowly and very rarely are there silver bullets that are just explain everything. It's like, wow, ta-da, I decided that because I looked at 150 people hitting wedge shots and I've decided that because most of everybody was doing it this way, okay, that's, gonna, that's an answer. Well, I don't think that's necessarily a great way of approaching something. I think that could be classified as more of a case study or personal observation. But how would one's observation contribute to the overall scientific conversation? That's the question. And it can't unless it uses examples from previous studies. For example, uh, given that we know X, Y, and Z, let's find out if A affects B. X, Y, and Z are the backups that are needed in a good experience. The foundation for how one has come to ask the question that he has. All right, change of gears. Let's look at how we use research to answer questions. What questions should we be asking about research and what can we really get out of it? What are the benefits and how should we as the golfing public be reading it? And if you get your hands on a peer-reviewed journal or if you get your hands on a textbook and you look at the references, references often lead to studies. And I think those are often a good place to start. Because somebody has looked at something and, and it's been published and it's been vetted by other academics who say, okay, this is valid. This, this is not just some in, you know, inconsequential um, question. This is, this is a question that's pushing, pushing the conversation forward. Therefore, we're going to publish it. And you know, whatever kind of internal threats to validity might be present have been looked at and analyzed. So I think that's a really safe place to start. So the, the quick answer is, go to a textbook. If you see, if you see some kind of statement and then it's, it has a reference to it, look at the reference. And that would be a good place to learn. The second would be like, how do you find research? The second would be whether or not it was, well, just, just, I think being able to see the difference between an observation and a scientific hypothesis that has methods and, you know, procedures and conclusions and references. I think those are two different things. So let's be real. There are definitely issues with golf science. For one, most of the people doing research are academics who don't spend their time working with students or really teaching the game in a way that an instructor does. So potentially 
they're asking the wrong questions. Simply stated, if the golfing public and teachers started helping scientists ask better questions, maybe golf science could have a really, really major impact on the way the game is taught and learned. Academics, you know, the PhDs that are that are attached to universities don't necessarily have the access to as many golfers as we do. So I think we're in an incredible position to work as 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 coordinators and facilitators. And you know, we do know the right questions to ask because our boots are on the ground, and we do have really really valid experiences that I think have pushed golf instruction pretty far, considering that most people don't have. PhDs that teach golf. I think we've done an incredible job to get to get us this far, but we could actually push it even farther if we were if we were working with those people hand in hand, not trying to do what they do, but working with them. Another issue I hear a lot of people talk about with golf science is that you know, no teacher should do research or reference studies because a student shouldn't hear these kinds of terms. They they shouldn't hear technical jargon or anything like that. I, I've definitely heard this question, this comment before. People get really passionate about this. And I wanted to address this with Trillium because here's someone who teaches on a daily basis and someone who has an academic background as well. I always find it interesting when when someone's observing me teach, whether it's an intern or, or anything. I'm always thinking to myself, this person is wanting to watch how I teach, but they may not be learning anything about motor learning specifically because I very, very seldomly use scientific language or jargon that that you'd have to understand if you were if you'd read a textbook. I very often don't even use explicit directions for someone. I might just I might use code words for feel. So, I mean, talking to you about motor learning, I can just go off the deep end with stuff. But to students, I hardly ever, I, I hardly ever cite research unless it's going to convince them that it's okay to struggle, for example, or it's okay to feel like they, you know, are lost for a moment. I mean, there might be reasons where someone doesn't believe me or they don't, they don't kind of buy into the fact that, that what I'm doing is going to work. So in that case, I might bring in research just to, to back myself up. So how does this look in real life? You're, you're probably asking. Yeah, so was I. So when, when somebody's making a change, let's assume that we've got the right. Okay, let me think of an example for, okay. So, so I've got a student and their backswing is awfully steep and they don't realize that, that it's affecting the, the direction of the club on the, on the forward swing. So I can give them, I can give them a lot of different ways to describe what they're doing. I can show them. I can, I, I can put them in the motion without saying anything. I can, I can show them kind of on video and see if they understand right away. I can give them lots of drills. I mean, there, there are a lot of different things that I could do to give them the change. So the question is, how much information is too, un- too much information? And how much is just enough for them to sort of solve it and say, okay, I got it. I got it. Now, this isn't like mind-blowing, breaking news. This is probably pretty darn obvious. But, but what I found is not enough, not enough people really get, and this is usually kind of newer teachers or teachers that don't teach, or like golf pros that don't teach a lot, that it's really easy to overwhelm somebody with something that's kind of unclear if we don't have a super sensitive antenna up for 
how they're receiving it. And something that may seem very easy to us because we've been talking about it for 20 years and we've been doing it for 20 years might be completely new to someone. And so what I love is this simple, simple taxonomy concept that's always used in science, just just going from, from simple to complex. And if we kind of look at what, what would be a simple to complex way of going about a change hey, let's take away the golf club. Let's take away the ball. Let's just get the body involved. Okay, that's simple. Let's make that movement. Okay, if they're not getting that, then you've got to get a mirror involved and really make sure that works. Why would you add a club? Why would you add a ball? You know? So I think that's, that's, that's kind of a motor learning, like science and motor learning concept. If they don't already know it, they really should. Thank you so much, Trillium, for sharing with us. Trillium will be back on one of the coming episodes of the Golf Science Lab talking about motor learning. Before that, make sure to head over to golfsciencelab.com backslash insiders. Get access to that content first. And special thanks to her as a guest for coming on. You can find her at trilliumrose.com. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. It was edited and mixed and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. And we will see you all next time on the Golf Science Lab.